calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. That it is. That it is. And you know, I feel like I'm getting old because all I ever want to do is talk about how tired I am and or the weather. And I feel like we talk about the weather in the opening of this podcast quite often. But... (laughs) It is hot. Like the, a couple of days ago, I feel like, or a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, we were saying how cold it was. Yeah. And like literally right now in New York, there's like blizzards and it's snowing and it's crazy. And I could have gone to the pool today. You 100% could have gone to the pool. It was 85 degrees at its height today. It was nuts. Yeah. It's bananas. insane. Absolutely B-A-N-A-N-A-S. So we have the window open. So if you hear anything, that's why. Even though we are both drinking hot coffee at 8 p.m., <laughs> don't ask too many questions. Don't ask any questions. Right. Just appreciate the fact that we're caffeinated. We're here. We're here okay. and we're alive. Before <laughs> we get into anything uh, with our news topics, I did want to remind everybody that there is new merch I was just going to see how long I could hold that for. There's new merch up. Uh, it is special Black History Month, your angry neighborhood feminist merch. So if you are interested and want to check that out, just go to the link in our bio on our Instagram page. I feel like there should be another way to find it. But it's I also don't... in the show notes. So Good if point. You... We do put it in the show notes. Yeah. So if you don't have Instagram and that's not the best way for you to find our store, you can also just go to the link in the show notes. Thank you, Keegan. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Before we got started. And it's very cool. Madigan designed these new, you know, three new designs, and I'm really excited. I'm going to order myself a tank top here soon. Love it. Uh, But we also have like notebooks and pillows and iPhone cases. I really like the way that the pink Black Lives Still Matter iPhone case looks. Yeah. You sent that to me after it was made, and I was like, that is so cute. And it's like pink, and then the Black Lives Still Matter lettering is in pink and kind of sparkly, and then there's like some yellow stars around it. Yeah. It's super cute. Yeah. I like that one. Very fun. Very, very fun. All right. So let's get into some news stuff. 
Well, I mean, our tradition is to start with devastating news, and I don't have any devastating news. I mean, my news involves devastation. You go first. Okay. (laughs) So I wanted to discuss the Beijing Olympics. Oh, okay. I have not been watching. So I've been watching skating. I've watched a little bit of snowboarding. We've kind of had it on in the back, but I've had a lot of discussion with people um, about their hesitancy to enjoy the Olympics when there are such horrendous human rights violations occurring just a stone's throw away from the events. And it really is such a complicated um, thing, I think, for a lot of people feeling emotionally like wanting to kind of protest, but then also wanting to support the athletes. They only get to see maybe once every four years and things like that. So I know for myself, it's something that I'm like, I'm still going to watch skating. I want to support the athletes that I love, but I do not support what is going on there. But because of all of those thoughts, I wanted to know more about how Beijing got the Olympics in the first place, what happened, what's happening, what dangers are out there. So I just kind of did a quick rundown of research over a couple different websites, but mostly um, an ESPN article actually gave, I know, I know, I know. Well, uh, here's the thing about all of this is that like, the Olympics devastates whatever city it goes into. Like, that's why people are trying to stop the Olympics from coming to Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, as an organization, the Olympics is very sketch. Um, oh, yes. And we'll get into that, and too. It's, it's, <laughs> the same, it's the same way that I feel. And I don't care about sports, so this doesn't typically matter. But, like, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl this year, and that is Anthony's team. There's a giant Bengals flag right behind, behind me yeah. right now. Um, a lot of people I know, it's my mom's team. A lot of people are very, very excited about it. And so I'm going to watch it. I'm going to go to the Super Bowl party. But the NFL as an organization as well is like not right. something I can support. It's, See, it's hard. And that's and I think that's also a really good way of putting it because it is hard for me to say because I don't condone at all what's happening there. But it's really hard for me too to be like, well, I'm just not going to watch these athletes that I want to see succeed and that I right. got this like I feel like I have this connection you know what I mean it's yeah. so it's so difficult so let's kind of just talk about this whole situation a little bit so about 2,000 miles away from where the Olympics are being held 1 million or more Chinese Muslim people are reportedly being subjected to mass detentions forced labors sterilization and torture and this has been happening for quite a while this has been happening it? for quite some time which is why the fact that it's even in Beijing to begin with is unbelievable to me. Uh, The Biden administration, along with other countries, have described it as nothing less than a genocide, leading some to call the 2022 Games the Genocide Olympics. So like we just said, is it possible for us to be glad that the world's best athletes are competing, even though they are going to an authoritarian country where brutal crimes are happening a stone's throw away? Also, why is Beijing, where it snows on average six days each year, hosting the Winter Olympics to begin with? That's a very good point. Yes. So apparently six and a half years ago, 85 members of the International Olympic Committee took part in a special vote held in Malaysia. The vote was to award the right for the 2022 Games, and on that day, there were only two candidate cities left, Beijing and Almaty, which is the capital of Kazakhstan, which is also an authoritarian country. Uh, According to sports consultant Stratos, I'm sorry if I say your last name wrong, I didn't look it up, Safulius, 
He didn't think anyone, including the Chinese, thought of Beijing as a serious candidate, as most people were showing interest in Oslo hosting the 2022 Games. That would track. It would track. So everyone was like, Oslo, Oslo. But six months before the vote was cast, Oslo backed out. And it was partially because of the financial strain and the things we were just talking about, what it can do to a city. And I'm sure COVID as well has to play a role. COVID as well. Um, But Norwegian politicians and their constituents were put off by the IOC's alleged demands for perks during the Olympics, which would include a cocktail party for IOC's execs with Norway's royal family paid for by the Norwegian government. Okay. As well as... Mandatory smiles for all IOC members from hotel employees and so many Ew. more. Other re- yeah, that is disgusting. It's real gross. So Oslo was like, no, we're not. We're not going to give in to these. Hi, crazy these are claims. human beings. We're not going to tell them they have to smile at you because and, you're who? Who and are you? Pay for all this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. So Oslo was like, now nah, we out. So then it was down to Beijing and Almaty. So Almaty would have been perfect, but they didn't kind of have that like wow factor when stating their case. Beijing played up the fact that they had a $40 billion investment in the 2008 Summer Olympics, the massive revenues it produced in 08, and they also have one of the most famous athletes in the world, Yao Ming, who is a Chinese athlete. And they used him in a promotional video where he acted out as a comedic hockey player to kind of like get the IOC's chuckles going. I wish there was another way to kind of like celebrate these athletes other than the Olympics, because I do feel like the Olympic Committee and just the Olympics in general are so like icky. It's icky. It's so icky. Yep. The athletes are not. No, I know. That's the thing that's precisely. I, I don't really know what the solution is, because for sure, like there should be a way these people have trained their whole lives and they're at the top of their. And we should be able to watch them perform at the top of their game and, and not and feel compete, weird about it and right compete, you know <laughs> yeah. and it's i don't know what the solution is but right ooh, it's you know? weird so beijing essentially made the olympics seem like it was going to be the greatest show known to man and let's face it the ioc wants its money honey to the chinese government right now what i've been reading the olympics are seeming like nothing but propaganda for its own people kind of like look what we've done look what we have brought you look what china has accomplished to kind of like subdue its own countrymen and it's not really working so hard to let the rest of the world feel better about it like they don't really care they're not really shying away from a lot of the um horrible things that are happening in the country i think a lot of people don't know truly like about what's going on they've they've talked about it a lot like before the opening ceremony there was a whole thing where they talked with experts and things Mm. like that that was where they talked about the different human rights violations and things like that so it is being discussed on tv in the u.s when pressed the ioc continues to fall back on the notion that they're that they aren't a political organization and have no responsibility for anything outside the scope of their competitions Vice President of the International Olympic Committee, John Coates, says as for human rights concerns, the IOC's responsibility is simply to ensure that there are no human rights abuses in the respect of the conduct of the Games within the National Olympics Committee to within the Olympic movement. So essentially, if it's not happening under our rings, it's not our problem. With all of this going on, Olympic officials and the Chinese government have warned athletes at the Winter Olympics against staging any protests at competition venues or on the medal stand, saying it could violate Olympic rules as well as Chinese law. And this is where it gets scary. So 
This part we already know. The IOC has long prohibited demonstrations of mm-hmm. political, religious, and racial propaganda. But leading up to the Beijing Olympics, they added that any protesters that violate the Olympic spirit or Chinese law could be subject to unspecified punishment by the host country. U.S. officials say that their athletes are not protected by adverse treatment by the Chinese government if they do choose to protest. I Isn't mean, that terrifying? It's it's terrifying and also like as a political person. Yeah. It would be very difficult for me to to want to participate in these games. Like it would be really hard. But I think if I were to participate in the games, like let's let's say I'm the best figure skater in the world and I know I'm going to go to these 2022 Olympics and I'm going to win. And that's what I've worked my entire life for. It would also take everything in me not to stand on that podium and do something. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to be there, I want to at least shake it up. Right. I mean, I feel like those but then are the I'd be options. thrown in a Chinese jail and tortured. Precisely. And I mean, those are the options you have is like you either protest by not attending or you protest by being there. Yeah. But like. Well, and I was reading online that there were discussions of athlete bans before the Olympics and a lot of athletes to discuss this with each other. But it does show through, you know, statistics through history, athlete bans like that. It doesn't really tend to make any change because they just call in other athletes to compete. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's not as big of a statement as I think an athlete would want it to be, which right. is why I would rather do something on an international stage with all eyes on me, but then also feel absolutely terrified that if I were to say one wrong thing, that I'd be killed. No, for sure. You know, like, it's it's terrifying. And it really is putting this ugly cloud over something that like for me the winter olympics especially have always been such a fun yeah i mean i don't know know? the more you learn the less not like it's boomy but you know (laughs) the more you learn the less you're able to enjoy anything because like once i learned about the way that the olympics really does devastate cities Mm -hmm. like it devastates cities and i'm terrified of what's going to happen when the olympics come to los angeles i want to leave because can you imagine like the traffic and everything here is going to be insane it's also going to displace so many unhoused people yeah to um, build the the structures and everything i believe it was I, i believe it was in china um where they interviewed a man who has been displaced twice because of the last time the Olympics were there. In 08? And then... Now? Now. Yeah. Uh, because of building the structure and everything like that. It's it, the, the Olympics devastates like whatever city it goes into. And every LA time. is not strong enough. No. <laughs> we And like, where are y'all going to go? If There's we're going to have it, here already. Genuinely, I'm team just build a permanent structure. Two permanent structures. One always hosts the summer Olympics one always hosts the winter Olympics. That's it. Like yep. I, that would solve so many problems. There is a part of the moving around to countries that I love, but it's not worth it. Yeah. At what cost? Exactly. You know what I mean, I'm like, I understand the symbolism, but totally. Like, and, and why we would enjoy it. Like, right. I, I love, I, I love all, all of that about the Olympics. So it would be hard to see less of like the specific celebrations of each country and things like that. Sure. But yeah. would I rather have people stay homed? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would. Right. Or at you least know. not displaced. Yeah, or, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, ugh, it's just, it's a rough, it's brutal out here, everybody. Like just trying to 
exist in society as it is now and enjoy literally anything uh, is yeah. the hardest. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's just so hard. It is. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Okay, Madigan, have you heard about... The Freedom Convoy. No. Okay. <laughs> Me, listen, up until like earlier this week or like last week, I hadn't either, which is kind of wild to me um, because in late January, so a while, it's been like a month and a half, right? Like so in late... Late January, or wait, that was a few weeks ago. A month. It's been maybe... Wait. 
It's been so long. It's February 10th. Oh, my God. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what Keegan, date it is. Keegan, because you know what? These past like two, almost three years or, how, or however long it's been feel like forever. Yeah, I was like late January. It's like the it's like the end of February, right? Like, uh, no. OK, anyway. End of January. End of January. But still, <laughs> I mean, like that's several weeks. Several weeks. So uh, I don't know what this is about yet. So I don't know why I'm mad that it's been several weeks. <laughs> well, <laughs> At the end of January, a convoy of truckers in Canada headed cross-country from British Columbia to the nation's capital in Ottawa to protest a mandate which requires truckers entering Canada to be vaccinated or else be subjected to testing and quarantine requirements. That's a really good idea. No, no. Wait. No, that you that they require vaccinations? Yes. Good idea that they require vaccinations. Bad idea to protest those <laughs> requirements. Oh, I thought they were protesting for those. No, no. Oh, no. No. Oh. Uh, so basically, <laughs> they are protesting the fact that the government is mandating Making them. Mm-hmm. Got, it. Yes. got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So the demonstration quickly grew with thousands of people clogging traffic and obstructing the U.S.-Canada border, forcing some businesses to shut their doors and disrupting residents' daily lives. A couple weeks into the protest, the demands of the loosely organized truckers still remains vague and unclear. Like, you're like, I, why? Okay, you're mad. Like, we get that. <laughs> like, you're mad. You've parked but your trucks. But what do you want? But what do you want? You know, um, some are calling this specific mandate unconstitutional, which I don't know Canada's constitution, but if it's yeah. anything like the US, you still, like, you have a choice to it's get just, it or not. Yeah, it's just, just going to limit what you're able to do yeah. or not. While others have expanded to calling on Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to end all COVID restrictions throughout Canada. Sure, Jan. Okay. The protests quickly became a beacon to white supremacist groups who showed up to voice their support. Of course, because if there's a group of people anywhere, white supremacists are like, this is our moment. Well, yeah, I mean, yes. All eyes on us. Because... <laughs> right wing these movements these anti-vax movements all these like right wing movements they all piggyback off of each other they've become a dog whistle for racism like that's just the way it is and you know that specifically in this case is because not only were some flying swastika flags um, but others brought with them confederate flags and Trump 2024 flags in Canada? we're in Canada (laughs) confederate flags I mean Trump I get because I know that like the cult of Trump is broader than the US. I get that. Mm -hmm. But yes, I did call it the cult of Trump. Yes. Oh, it is. Okay. But the other thing is that a Confederate flag? Like, bitch, this wasn't even your country. Because it means racism. And like, you're so far north. Like, you're not even like close to the south. Are you dumb? Like, yeah, yeah. People escaped to your country (laughs) to get free. And I still wanted to escape to your country to feel free. And now Canada. Now feeling a little touch and go. Uh I know. I know. Um, So their protests have spread to cities across Canada and beyond, effectively grinding to a standstill daily life in communities across the country. So now they're impeding the ambassador bridge between Detroit and Windsor, Ontario. Things are heating up because like they're limiting. It's all the different like. Uh, checkpoints or whatever you want to call it, right? To like go into the next country. Right, yeah. Yeah, they're blocking all of those. Yeah, like this one was one of the most active transnational pathways for commerce. So like, 
to exchange goods and things. Yeah. So like they're really fucking stuff up. So companies and businesses are not getting their goods. Right. Which I think is the only thing that's making any difference whatsoever. Like I've just started to see some forward movement because prior to this. You fuck with like people's People's things and people's money and that's what makes people mad. Yeah. Because prior to this, I mean, people have been like, but the racism, but the hate speech, but the, you know, it's not safe because of their white supremacists everywhere. And they're congregating in these massive groups. We're still in a, pandemic you know and also there's like a hundred children in these in the convoy like living on the uh, on the save truck children right which is kind of like they can't do a whole they don't want to do raids and things because there's a hundred kids you know um not that that's ever seemed to be a problem when it's leftist protesters but uh, whatever (laughs) um so uh, on friday ottawa resident zexy lee filed a lawsuit in Ontario Superior Court seeking damages for emotional and mental distress, headaches, sleeping difficulties, difficulty concentrating, and interference with quiet enjoyment of her home. Quote, the class members are living in daily torment caused by the incessant blasting of truck horns, reads the statement's claim. So they literally, like, because people live here. Like, they're parked in, like, areas where people live, and they are, like, laying on their horns. And we're talking about, like, semi-trucks. Yeah. So the decibels at which, yeah, all the time. Like, And it's not, like, one semi-truck. It's, like, a horde of semi-trucks. Right. So they're laying on their horns 12 to 16 hours per day. Oh, my God. I'd be going nuts even just being the one to lean on the horn. Right. And... She's alleging that the horn honking is being done intentionally to cause distress to yeah. those living in downtown Ottawa. Um, but she also h- alleges harassment by convoy members. Quote, when the plaintiff ventures outside, she is almost immediately subjected to heckling by members of the Freedom Convoy, yelling at her to remove the mask she wears to protect herself and others from contracting COVID-19. <sighs> so I read this article. It's uh, harassment. It's yeah, awful. Totally. Uh, I read an opinion piece on CNN that was just basically talking about how this has gone so far off the rails. Yeah. And he had a line in here that I really liked. It says, here's what's so absurd about it. The protest over COVID restrictions is now disrupting people's everyday lives, which is what the protest was supposedly aimed at stopping. Right. <laughs> They've lost the plot. And they, and they don't have any clear wants to begin with. Right. They're, I mean, what are like they're just being mad to be mad. They're blindly following a movement, right? Because like what they'll say is that they don't want the government in their business to have their information to have control over their lives. They want to protect their freedoms, right? right? But in doing so, they're limiting the freedoms of other citizens. Right. First of all, secondly, they made something like Six million dollars on GoFundMe, oh, which wow. GoFundMe put a stop to because Good. of the hate speech yeah. and whatnot. And so they started raising money on this other like crowdfunding site that's like a Christian crowdfunding site. Wow! And then they had a major data breach, and like everyone who donated money, like all of their information has been like leaked. Oh my god! So, so now everyone's. At- information is leaked right it's just like what have we accomplished here everybody the the irony because it's just like you wanted the government to be like out out of of your your business and and now the government is like so up in your shit and now everyone has your stuff so that's something that's happening (laughs) not like they didn't already have your stuff anyways do you have a phone (laughs) right but i don't know who got this information i don't know yeah uh, who who leaked where the leak went but uh 
Yeah, man, I didn't know about this. I feel like this is information that we should have been about. bigger news. You know, I don't know, uh, but it is still going on. It is still active. Oh at my this gosh, moment, those so. poor people living in those areas. Yeah, yeah, fucking <sighs> <sighs> assholes. Sick of it. Yeah. So I have one last thing to talk about, and that is that earlier this week on Wednesday, Angelina Jolie held a press conference in Washington, D.C. to urge Congress to reauthorize the Violence Against Women Act. Yes. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, I remember reading little bits about, because it was Angelina Jolie, it was yeah. like on everywhere. I you encourage know. everyone to go watch her speech. It is very moving. I cried (laughs) Uh, just because I don't know there is something she's there's a lot of conviction with Angelina Jolie say whatever you want like or dislike her for whatever reason Um, but I do admire her like humanitarian work yes I think that you know I think I think Angelina Jolie I don't know her she comes off to me as being incredibly smart and kind and empathetic and authentic i think it's real like but she's got this like harder exterior mm -hmm. but there's almost like this endearing quality about her because you see that empathy through this kind of like badass laura croft exterior that like is very enticing to me about her right i think it's her authenticity for me that gets me because you see a lot of people and I mean, do good no matter what your motivation is, really, right. you know, I don't really care. But you see a lot of people who for who it feels very like performative, right. what they're doing. And when you watch her speak, it doesn't feel that way to me. And yeah. again, I don't know her and she's a good actress. So who's to say? Right, Exactly. And I do love before you get into what she said, I, I did see that she brought one of her daughters with her mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. who is Sahara, like I think. a Sahara, yeah, yeah. teenager. And I think that that's also a wonderful thing is that she keeps her children or appears to keep her children very much involved in all the facets of her life. And the fact that she is raising these children in an environment that is so like rooted in philanthropy and activism and kindness and love, I think is, is really wonderful. I love that we get to see the kids being a part of that as well. Yeah. And it very much feels also to me like, this was something that her daughter wanted to be doing. Yes. Like, like her mom's not dragging her along. No. Like it's something she wants to do. She's there as a partner. Yeah. And that's really how it looked in a lot of the photos yeah. I saw. They, yeah. they look very much as equals. Yeah, totally. Uh, so the Violence Against Women Act was originally passed in 1994. It was a piece of legislation intended to combat domestic violence, sexual assault, stalking, and harassment. The law also provided support to shelters, rape crisis centers, and other community organizations. After being reauthorized in 2012, the law expired in 2018 under the Trump administration and has not been reauthorized since then. Right. So some lawmakers are now advocating to renew the Violence Against Women Act and expand it to include additional resources for communities of color and residents of tribal lands. In her speech, Angelina Jolie addresses Congress directly. She says, standing here at the center of our nation's power, I can think only of everyone who's been made to feel powerless by their abusers and by a system that fails to protect them. When there is silence from a Congress too busy to renew the Violence Against Women Act for a decade, it reinforces that sense of worthlessness. You Mm -hmm. think, I guess my abuser is right. I guess I'm not worth very much. That's why passing this law is one of the most important votes U.S. senators will cast this year. 
So the actress has been vocal in her support of the Violence Against Women Act, working with its sponsors and advocates to add provisions for Cadence Law, which would address the impact on children in domestic violence cases and require trauma-informed court processes and judicial training, which is so, so important. important. Um, after much debate and deliberation, Democrats and Republicans have reached a deal on renewing the Violence Against Women Act, but without the boyfriend loophole, which is staunchly opposed by Republicans. What's the boyfriend loophole? Is, is it like a date so rape kind of thing? No. So the boyfriend loophole is a provision proposed by Democrats, which... Um, which would have expanded the grounds for restricting firearm sales to unmarried partners convicted of domestic violence, stalking, or similar offense. So if it's a married partner, they would be restricted from purchasing firearms. But if you are unmarried then, and you're a victim of domestic violence, they can still, if it's on their record, they can still purchase a firearm. Weird. It's messed up. Uh, the NRA, who remains a huge donor to many Republican politicians, opposes this for obvious really? reasons. Really? Oh, my God. And I'm sure that that is why Republicans also oppose it. Uh, messing with their money. Yeah. Representatives hope to vote on whether or not to reauthorize the Violence Against Women Act by the end of the week. So we should have an answer here soon, whether that will Any be reauthorized. Now. I mean, I think the fact that we even have to argue that this is a thing that needs to happen in 2022 is, is pretty wild. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild that it didn't pass until 1994 in the first place. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, also just wild to me that we have to deal with all this shit all the time. Like stop raping, stop assaulting, stop being an asshole. Let's just not have to deal with any of it. It would be nice. Wouldn't it? Am I reaching for the stars? Is it that difficult? Uh, you're asking the wrong person. I, know. I, I don't know why I'm looking <laughs> at you. Know. You are a queen. You're an angel. You've never done anything wrong. I know this. Thank you. I know this, right? <laughs> okay, well, that is everything that we have for you today. Another reminder that if you are interested in checking out the new merch, go to the link in our bio on our Instagram or go to the show notes and check them out there. If there's anything that you want us to discuss on a mini episode in the future, please email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist with your topic suggestions. You can follow us on Facebook. We have a group and business page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners in the group page. Last but certainly not least, first of all, I want to say thank you for everybody who has continued to write reviews for us. We really appreciate it. And for those of you who haven't gotten around to it yet, now is the perfect time. Hop on over to that Apple Podcast app. Leave us a five-star review with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show. It truly does mean the world to us, and it is the best way that you can support the show. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.